Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. If you live in a modern home here in these Twin Cities, you probably have modern plumbing. Here's the best part about modern plumbing. It should make you happy. Look around your house at all your pipey, plumby things. The faucets, the toilets, the hot water heater. They should all make you happy. The fixtures should work. Your drain should be drainy, quickly removing all the used up water. Let's talk toilets. They should do their job quietly, reliably, and with zero fuss. The shower should be delightful, from the fixture to the spray pattern. Hot water should be plentiful and hot, and a joy to use for cleaning and bathing. If you have pipey plummy bits that aren't making you happy, we should talk. We're BWS Plumbing, Heating, and Air. And as you can tell, BWS spells happy home. And it's also pronounced BWS. Ask us about our comfy club when you call. Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. Dave Young here alongside Stephen Semple. And Stephen just whispered in my ear that that our empire today that we're going to talk about is Tetris, or as I like to call it, instant anxiety. <laughs> so you're familiar with the game. I've played a few times, and man, does it give me anxiety. Really? Right? It's eh? just like, oh, it's just like, oh, the pressure, and it's building, and it's building, and it's just like, that's just the way my life is, and I don't need a game to remind me. You may feel differently about it after you hear the story, because it's a kind of a cool story. I have a distant hunch of a memory in my mind that it has something to do with Russia. It does. Well done. The story starts behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah, Soviet Russia. Russia, yeah. But to give an idea of how big Tetris is, to date, it's estimated that there has been 500 million copies sold. 500 million copies sold. I wonder how many billions of games of Tetris have been played. Oh, God. Like, I mean, you'd only have to each game. Trillions. Well, exactly. So you think about with 500 million copies out there, everybody just played it twice. There you're at a billion, right? Like, I mean, (laughs) you get there really quickly. Like your two games, Dave, that'll put you there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So where it starts is we got to go back to 1984. And and we have to remember what it was like in 84. It was the Cold War. Oh, my gosh. And communism was a real thing. You know, it's easy Mm -hmm. to forget that at that time in the Soviet Union, all production was owned and controlled by the state. And the economy was completely centrally planned. It's hard to remember what that was like. And the government made all decisions about what to make, how much to make, what price to sell goods and services at. Yeah. And, you know, from a geopolitical point of view, we were in the middle of of the Cold War and Star Wars, Ronald Reagan's anti-ballistic missile. We were going to spend a gazillion dollars to... Yeah. Yeah. It was was crazy times. And the wall was a real thing that if you climbed over... It was still there. you, You know, you got shot. It's almost hard to believe. And private property was not allowed. And all citizens were expected to, you know, work for the quote unquote common good. And Vladimir Putin was a young guy working his way up in the KGB. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We almost need to remember that just to understand how remarkable this story is. Because here's this guy, Alexei Pajanov, 
who's working at the Moscow Academy of Science, which of course is state run. And he's a computer Mm -hmm. genius. And he's working on an early form of voice recognition technology. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the KGB learns about this and they're really interested because they want to use this for wiretaps. Of course they do. Right. And Alexei's very anti-war and he has to work on this project. But on the side, he develops an interest in building a game. He, he's a dreamer in the computer industry. He believes everyone should have one and that computers should be there to make things better. And if we think about the early mid 80s, that was a common theme in the, in the computer industry, but mm-hmm. finds himself instead making things for the military. And his real goal is he wants to get out of the Soviet Union. And he likes this game. There's this little puzzle game that he likes playing, which is called Pentamone. It's like dominoes, but it's a Pentamones. And and it's a puzzle game that involves arranging 12 sets of geometric shapes that make up five squares called pentamones into a large rectangle without any overlaps or gaps. So you basically have got these pieces that you assemble. So like static Tetris. Very much like static Tetris. Okay. So the game was invented in 1950 by Solomon Golub, a mathematician at the University of Southern California. So Alexei thinks, well, what if I could create a digital version? What if you could create a game? So he starts taking the puzzle and applying it to computers and he gets working on it, but it's not, he finds it's not really exciting as a computer game. So he starts thinking, how can I make it exciting? And he starts thinking about pieces falling from the sky. How can we give Dave anxiety? How can we give Dave anxiety? (laughs) Exactly right. It's all about you, Dave. Uh As the pieces fall, the player can manipulate it on the way down. But the challenge is he's working on Soviet computers in the mid-80s, which are pretty slow. I can imagine, yeah. I mean, honestly, compared to what we're doing today, everything was a little slow. Oh, good God, yes. Yeah. And, you know, and the interesting thing is when you talk to people in the computer industry today is that many of the world's best computer programmers are actually from Soviet bloc countries because there's something Mm -hmm. about this fact that they had to learn with these constraints, like they had to learn with the constraints of processing power and space. And there's been, I think, something lost in computer programming where we're not dealing with any of those those same constraints. When it's so fast. When computers are so fast that nobody notices that the software is inefficient. Yeah. But back to Alexei. So he needs to speed up the game. So the first variation was just use the middle of the computer screen, like not use the entire screen. So the early versions of the game, if you look at it, it's just the middle of the screen and reduce the size of the blocks because that then reduced the computer power needed quite dramatically. And honestly, I mean, this is still, 84 is still the era when computer games were like adventure games. They were text-based almost for yeah. the most part. Yeah, exactly. So doing anything in, in some kind of graphical form is going to be challenging and new. Yeah, absolutely. But so he does that. He reduces the size, gets it running better, but it's still boring because here's the thing that's missing. How do you win? There's no satisfaction in a game. You need to create that anxiety, Dave. You need to create mm-hmm. it, that sense of winning. Yeah. So one day he's working on a chalkboard and he starts to race the board and he realizes, here's how you win. When you fill in that line, that line is deleted. There's now a goal. The game can yeah. go longer. It's now fun. Endless. It could be potentially endless. But here's the problem. He's in Soviet Russia. He can't own a game. And he's also moonlighting to make the game. And remember the KJB <laughs> and their program? Uh This is pretty risky. He's going against the state, right? 
He's supposed to be yeah. working on voice recognition software for the KGB. And he's using state resources to fiddle around. To build this game. But he knows programmers all over Russia, and he believes this. If he casts this game to the wind, it will get a hold somewhere, even though he's risking getting arrested by doing this. So he names it Tetris, he puts it on a floppy, and he hands it out to people, hoping it gets out. And people start to share it. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Man, I love that. What? Actually, they've all been good. What are you talking about? The ads at the beginning. Oh. Yeah, I wish I had ads like that. You can. I can? Yeah, book a starter session with Steven. Really? Uh-huh, that's the first step. To what? Getting great ads. You think I could have ads like that for my business? It's kind of boring. Absolutely. Plumbing isn't sexy and we've heard great ads for them. You're right. So, gonna do it? Do what? Book a starter session. I guess so. Why not? Good. Can't wait to hear your ad in this podcast. Book your starter session on this this podcast website, just visit theempirebuilderspodcast.com and click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. After a few years, Tetris makes it to Hungary. And here's the important thing at the time. Hungary is a gateway to the West. Okay. Lots of things are being moved back and forth between the West in communist Russia through Hungary. And Robert Stein comes across Tetris. And Robert works for Andromeda Software, and he actually specializes in importing software from the Soviet Union. Oh, wow. He loves the game. Yeah, he loves the game. He reaches out to Alexei, and he wants to make a deal. But remember, it's communist Russia. The state owns it. So to make the deal in 1986, Alexei has to sign it over to the Soviet government for 10 years. Only way to get it to the West. Wow. Now, here's the other thing. Because it was made to run on such small, inefficient computers on such a tiny screen, it ends up being perfect for a Nintendo Game Boy. So Robert convinces Nintendo to include Tetris in the release of Game Boy. And Game Boy is released on April 21st. 1989. And in six months, it sells 2 million units. Huge success. Wow. Yeah. But Dave, yeah. what else happens? You're a history buff. What else happens in 1989? Is that the, the wall comes down? November 9th, the wall falls. So the Berlin Wall falls. We're, we're into the, the, the Soviet Union collapsing economically. Right. right. So Alexei doesn't see a dime right away, but he's able to leave and go to the U.S. Mm. Okay. 1996 rolls along, the IP expires, and guess what he's able to do? He's able to own it again, and he's now a really wealthy man. Nice. But here's the thing I found interesting. Like, there's all this stuff about the Soviet Union and whatnot, but so often when I meet people who've invented things, they're afraid to tell people about it. Right. Like, like, yeah. oh, my God, I, I, you know, I can't because it might get copied or it might get this or it might get that. And Alexei, now, granted, he did this because he had no other choice. But Alexei started with the strategy of I'm going to pass this out to the world. The world needs to know. But he could have easily sat on it and made it the world's best kept secret mm-hmm. out of a fear of being arrested, b fear of losing it, c fear of not being able to to profit from it. All those things, but he let go of all those fears and said, look, I've created this thing that's really cool and neat. First and foremost, I need to share it with the world. Yeah. And I found that that really interesting that that he had that mindset. 
and share it from a place that's almost impossible to share anything. Right. And in the end, it's that sharing that led to this A's, the success in this game and the success with him. And yes, there was lots of other happenstances that happened around that. But it was that thought process to me that I found so interesting. And I also found interesting that the obstacles of dealing with the limited programming power of Soviet era computers is what allowed him to build something that fit so well for something like Game Boy. Gosh, I don't know. I've been telling people for years. I've taught classes on content and, and talked about people teaching their ideas. And the best advice is always just, just start giving away your expertise. Just start showing that you know what you're doing. Give it away. And eventually you're, you're going to come across somebody that's like, I, I really like this and I'm behind you and I want you on my team. Yeah. It's this whole thing of if you hold on to it too tightly, it just remains a secret. And when it remains a secret, it doesn't benefit you at all. And yes, there's also stories where things got ripped off and people have, have been taken advantage of when they share it. But more times than not, you know, you got you to gotta be open with the world. You have to be open with the world. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a great lesson for him. What did he go on to do? He went on to work for a number of other gaming companies and he's developed and, you know, worked in computer software when he came to America, but nothing, nothing at all close to the success of Tetris. He's the guy. I'd have changed my name to Tetris. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Dr. Tetris. That's it. Dr. Tetris. That would be the one that would really make it happen. There's a real philosophical bent to this, and that is, is create something and give it to the world. Yes. Put it out there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't benefit directly, you're going to benefit indirectly uh, through appreciation and recognition. Exactly. And that's not a bad deal either. It's true. And if you hold on to it, it just remains a secret. I mean, was it Linus Pauling that, that invented the polio vaccine? And he just said, you know what? Here, here it is. I, I want to save lives with this, not make money. Yeah, it's my gift to the world. Yeah. So cool. Cool story. I'm, I'm glad to know about this. All right. Awesome. Thanks, David. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast.com.